It happened in July 2012, while I'm off with my boyfriend on vacation. He inherited a small house on an island in Brittany, France. It's called Isle de Grox. It's situated a few kilometers off the south coast of Brittany, and you can only get there with a ferry. It is pretty small, and only a few inhabitants live there all year long. There's not much to do, but it's really beautiful, and it's a nice place for quiet vacation. We like to go for rides during daytime as well as nighttime. Now I'll start telling my story. 100% true. So one night, a clear night doused in moonlight. It's important to remember that. We went out around midnight for a ride on the island, as we were used to do so. We headed to a beach whose name I can't remember, that goes along a small family vacation village, VVF. Quick description of the area. The VVF is situated in a big curve, bordered by a small road. Alongside the road is a strip of grass and sand. When standing on this strip, you have a really nice view of the beach and the sea which lie below. The road and village are situated on some kind of a steep cliff. To go down to the beach, you have to walk down sheer narrow stairs, situated a few meters away from where we were standing. Kay, my boyfriend, and I was standing by the road on the strip of sand grass since like ten minutes, looking down at the sea. I need to point out that it was a calm, clear night, and we hadn't seen anyone during our ride. We were walking along the beach for a while and hadn't noticed anything strange nor signs of human presence on the beach. No night swimmers. The water is very cold in Brittany, even in the summer. No young people having a party on the beach, etc. So we were standing on a cliff, facing the sea, when suddenly, straight ahead of us, we saw a human-shaped figure get out of the water and hurry across the beach. I know, it's nothing scary so far, except the figure was pitch black, contrasting with the clear sand and was not reflecting any light, like a dark shadow. It's weird, because remember the moon was shining. We first thought it was someone skinny-dipping. Problem is, when you're going out of sea, you first swim to the edge of the sea. Then you stand up and walk out of the water. This figure gradually went out, all the time standing tall, as if it was walking on the bottom of the ocean. Moreover, Kay and I had been looking at the water for a while and never noticed anyone swimming, as if it was totally emerged for at least ten minutes. At the sight of that, I felt particularly uncomfortable, not to say really freaked out. So was my boyfriend, who was not easily scared. Weirdest part is once the human-shaped figure got out of the water. It headed straight ahead to the foot of the cliff where we were standing, but it wasn't walking or running. It was sliding on the sand, like really fast. A pitch-black human shape, with indistinguishable face and features sliding fast as F on the sand, almost gliding, not moving its legs or anything, leaving no trail of footsteps behind, all the time standing tall and human, shaped, average human-sized and built. We stared at it silently until it got a few meters away from the foot of the cliff. Then, without talking, we decided to get the F out of Dodge, still with this feeling of dread and fear. We never saw or heard of this creature again, and nothing strange happened during the rest of our vacation. My boyfriend, however, has witnessed strange things on the island before, but nothing that's related to this story.
I am John, an African-American park ranger stationed in the remote mountains of the Appalachian Trail. My job was to patrol the vast wilderness and make sure that everyone who entered it, hiker, camper, or otherwise, was safe and secure. It was a warm summer day, and I was on my usual rounds when I stumbled upon something that would change my life forever. I was following a trail of broken branches and torn shrubs when I heard a loud roar in the distance. I thought it was a bear at first, but when I reached the source of the noise, I was faced with something far more terrifying. It was a Bigfoot, a massive bipedal creature covered in fur, standing at least ten feet tall. I had heard stories of these creatures before, but I never believed they were real. But there it was, right in front of me, and it was angry. I was frozen in fear, but I managed to draw my sidearm and take a shot at the creature. It didn't even flinch, and I soon realized that bullets were not going to be enough to stop it. The Bigfoot charged at me, and I ran as fast as I could. I stumbled upon a cave and crawled inside, hoping that the Bigfoot wouldn't be able to fit through the entrance. But to my horror, it was able to squeeze inside, and I was trapped. The Bigfoot began to tear through the cave looking for me, and I was running out of options. That's when I remembered the stories that my grandfather used to tell me about the Native American spirits that lived in these woods. I started to pray to them, begging for their help, and that's when I heard a voice. It was soft at first, but it grew louder and more insistent until it was a roar. The Bigfoot was thrown back from the cave entrance, and I was able to escape. I never saw the creature again, but I knew that it was still out there waiting for its next victim. I soon found out that there were other people in these woods and that they were searching for something. They were a secret service investigating a series of strange and paranormal occurrences. They thought that I knew something and they started to follow me, always watching me, always waiting for me to slip up. I was in over my head and I didn't know who to trust. But I knew one thing for sure. I'm quitting my job. The pay is not worth the trouble if fighting various cryptids in woods. I grew up an only child in rural Pennsylvania. I used to sneak out of my bedroom and go hang out in our backyard on summer nights when I had trouble sleeping or woke up in the middle of the night. This was around ages 6, 8, mid-90s. I'd go sit just below the top of the backyard hill, where I was out of sight of our kitchen window. There were trees to the left with a wild open field across the rest of a mile-wide valley. We had a large hill with a bump in the middle that was perfect for sledding in the winter. Below that was a field with a deer trail cutting through the bottom of the hill and a creek beyond at the center of the valley. On a clear night with a bright moon, you could see across the valley I grew up in about a mile to where my best friend's house had their floodlights on all night behind their house. And when I say rural, I mean very rural Pennsylvania. Parent-teacher conferences were scheduled the first day of hunting season, and kids would often be out for a couple of days just for that. We had two houses and eyeline of our house from that backyard. It was more than 30 miles to our nearest Walmart. I also grew up very familiar with deer, bear, rabbits, and even saw a mountain lion once while hiking with family. All of this to say I'm familiar with wildlife there. The first night I saw Dogman was like any other. I was chilling in the grass, thrilled to just be doing something my parents didn't know about. I saw something moving quickly down along the deer trail. 
It was dark black against the rest of the night. Partway through its path from the woods beside my house, it noticed me and stopped. We just stared at each other for what felt like a long time. It stood up and its ears were long enough to notice from a one hundred yard or so distance. It was too thin to be a black bear, which I'd already seen a few times at that age. The staring continued for a long time. Eventually, it put its ears back down, put its front paws on the ground, and sprinted across the valley. I called it my werewolf, because of the shape of it standing up. I don't think I ever told anybody like now. I loved having a secret. But after that first sighting, I went and sat outside a lot more. I remember once on a new moon. I sat on the porch because I was too scared to go too far with how dark it was without the moon. I saw it three, four more times after that. It was usually running into the woods by my house, which were more than ten full acres owned just for hunting season. My werewolf never bothered me after that, but I remember I was really disappointed when it got cold outside and I'd have to stop going out at night because I wouldn't see it. This takes place in March, April of 2013. Me and a friend had just been to the movies and was just walking around at 10.45 p.m. We decided we would take a shortcut through the schoolyard of our old school, which had since been abandoned and was in pretty bad shape. As we walked through the schoolyard, we decided to try to get inside the school building and explore a little bit. Now, the school consists of two wings, so the building is an L-shape if viewed from above. It is three stories tall and has three entrances. The main entrance leads into a kind of main hall, which connects the two wings. Each wing has staircases in each end of the corridors, which lead to the different floors. This is important later. One of the windows right by the entrance to the lower wing was actually wide open, so we could easily get in. We were now in the basement. We used our cell phones as flashlights and made sure not to point them towards the windows to avoid being seen. Even though the building was not in use, there was still a lot of stuff left just laying around. Musical equipment, uniforms, a pool table, chairs, etc. So we were just exploring each room in the basement to see if we could find anything cool. We explored the basement for about 15 minutes before we headed up to the first floor, and we were now in the main hall. There was some kind of top or large plastic sheet hanging there to separate the hall and the lower wing for some reason. I assume it was for some kind of construction work. We went down one of the corridors and started exploring the classrooms. Every classroom had been either vandalized or suffered some kind of water damage, so everything was pretty broken down and rotting. In hindsight, I think we were lucky the floors didn't collapse on us or something. We had just come out of the third classroom and were in the corridor when we heard someone moving the tar plastic sheet in the main hall. This was not wind or anything. We could definitely tell someone was physically moving it. We could also hear footsteps, although the rhythm of the steps was kind of weird. It sounded like someone changed their walking pace sporadically, if that makes any sense. We immediately went inside a classroom to hide as we thought someone had called security on us. We hid behind the door in the classroom for about two minutes, dead quiet. We didn't hear anything else during this time, so we figured it had to be the wind or just random noises. We decided to keep going. We went through the corridor and up the stairs in the other end from the main hall and explored the second floor. 
While we were there, we would occasionally hear some noises, but we just brushed it off as wind. After a while, we had explored the rest of the corridor, and we decided to walk down the staircase that lead from the second floor to the hall. Halfway down the staircase, there was this plateau before the second set of stairs, and this is where things took a turn, no pun intended. We could see the plastic from there, and it was moving. We also heard some kind of scratching noise. We stood there for a second just listening, and I decided to peek around the corner to see what was making that sound. What I saw scared the living shit out of me. It was some kind of creature. It was skinny, almost completely naked, couldn't see any clothes at least, had really thin strands of hair, and was really pale. Like corpse, pale, almost completely white. The first thing that came to mind was that this thing looked like Gollum, just bigger, it was crouching down and was scratching the floor or something, and it made some weird growly, groany, browny, breathy noises. It was facing away from us, so I just stood frozen for a good while and watched it. I took a step back and just pointed at this thing and looked at my friend. He peeked around the corner, and immediately I could see his facial expression change into a combination of horror and shock. It was reassuring, in a way, knowing that he saw it too. We just stood there for a good twenty seconds, just watching this thing do whatever it was doing, and the most cliché horror movie thing happened. My friend started backing away slowly, and while doing so, stepped on a piece of glass that cracked. This startled the creature, and it quickly looked over its shoulder right at me. I just bolted at that point. We ran all the way to the basement to get out, and the whole way there, I swear it felt like it was right behind us. We ran back to my friend's house, and when we got there, we had a kind of debriefing session, making sure we both saw the same thing. The closest thing to a reference picture I can find is this. It pretty much looked exactly like that, just with thin strands of hair on its head. I understand if you think I'm bullshitting. I would be skeptical if someone else told this story. But I swear this actually happened, and my friend confirms it to this day. We got a good enough look at it to confirm that it was a humanoid creature of some sorts, but it didn't really resemble a human being. The only explanation I can think of is that it was a homeless dude that for some reason was naked in this abandoned school. But this is in northern Norway during winter. You wouldn't survive very long without clothes. Also, I live in a very small town with very few, if any, homeless people, so that theory wouldn't really make sense. It could also be some kind of animal that had found its way inside. But we got a good look at it, and it didn't resemble any animal I've seen before. I have no idea what that thing was. I am normally a rational, Occam's razor kind of person. But we saw what we saw, and I have no explanation for it. When I was younger, I used to go to a place called Desolation Wilderness near Camino, California. It was the perfect place for camping and fishing, realizing that it had been a few years since my last trip. I talked to a friend of mine to go camping and fishing. We managed to talk another friend into coming with us, and then we were off. We arrived around 1 p.m. and decided to hike upstream from a place called Wright's Lake. And then, when we found a good spot, we would set up camp. After walking for a couple hours, a ranger found us hiking and told us that we actually weren't even technically in Desolation Wilderness yet, 
and that we needed to keep hiking for a bit longer. I started tearing down the camp, but I guess the other two guys were not as enthusiastic about the trip as I was. They left for Placerville to find a hotel room. When they left, I hiked up a bit farther. But I started to worry about the amount of time I had to find a place and set up my camp before dark. As I hiked, I tried to remember the ranger's instructions, but I ended up getting lost. Finally, I found a granite cliff with a stream that had a beautiful pool of water and was right on the tree line. I thought it was perfect, so I set up camp and started fishing. When the sun had set and the sky was dark, I decided to go to sleep. Cozy in my sleeping bag, I started to drift off, but then I heard something growl outside my tent. I grabbed the point forty-five compact handgun from its case and looked down through the screen on the front of the tent. From where I was standing, I could only see a dark figure that looked around four and a half feet tall, standing near the trees. Thinking that it was a bear, I started yelling, hoping that I would scare it away. It didn't move. I then fired a shot at a dead tree nearby. That startled it, and it ran back into the forest. But to my surprise, it didn't go very far. I climbed back into my tent. Then I heard crashing sounds. It was the sound of rocks falling off the cliff and hitting the pool below and the rocks around it. This was unnerving. I climbed out of my tent a few times, but I couldn't see anything, even though the moon was bright and the white granite rocks reflected its paleness. Crashing rocks hit every few minutes until around two in the morning. Then it stopped. But I heard something rustling just outside my tent. I yelled at it and tried to scare it off, but instead of scaring it, I heard a very deep, growling sound in return. At this point, I didn't want to wait until it got too close. So I got out of my tent and looked around. Nothing. I decided to shoot the tree again to see if the creature would react, then run back into the forest again, just like the first time. But it stopped again. As I listened to the sounds of his moving, I realized that it was running on two feet. This was not a bear. I didn't want to go back into my tent. I grabbed my sleeping bag and moved over to the middle of the big slab of white granite nearby. I felt safer and knew the forest was further away from me, but I could still hear the noises of rocks crashing. I prayed the sun would come up soon. At about 4.30 in the morning, I was awoken from my light sleep. I looked back at the trees, but didn't see anything. So I looked back over at my tent. There it was, standing at the side of my tent. I panicked and picked up my gun and shot the side of the creature, but it didn't flinch. Then, with giant steps, it walked toward me. I shot at it. I wasn't sure if a point forty-five would even stop such a beast, but it was my only hope. After the second shot rang out, it was off into the trees. Shaking like a leaf, I sat down, clutching my gun. I waited for hours until the light started to appear in the sky. I broke camp and headed back down to Wright's Lake. That was the last time I saw the creature. That was also the last time I went to the desolation wilderness, and I will never go back. In January 2019, I noticed something lumbering down my driveway. The window I was looking out faces over and above the drive, if that's clear. For example, I can see the roof of your car, but not always the bottom of the tire. Regardless, I notice movement. 
I look out and see what I initially thought was a bare nose-to-the-ground kind of snuffling, its head side to side, casually walking down the drive on all fours. A little geographical clarity. I live in town. The front of my neighborhood faces the major highway, but the back is all state game lands. I've seen some wildlife, turkeys, a deer here and there, and every skunk in the county apparently lives on my street. I don't see many squirrels, groundhogs, or chipmunks, which is a bit odd. I'm not very far from the city of Scranton. Enjoy office fans, about seven miles from downtown. So I'm not exactly in the sticks. I watch this bear mosey down toward the street, its head lowered. I move from the living room window to my bedroom window that has a full view of the street. Sure enough, here it comes. But something is wrong. I watch this not bear stand on two legs and casually walk out into the road. I see pointed ears and a long snout. It's got its head raised, smelling the air. I felt pee run down my legs. This was no bear. I saw it in perfect silhouette under the yellow street light. It was either dark gray or black. The yellow light threw off the true color. It stood without effort, looked like one fluid movement. It then walked across the road, casual as you please, and kind of hunkered down in some scrub brush. I'm not sure what kind of brush, but it's like forsythia all tangled and thick. Then I realized it was looking right into my bedroom. It had blue eyes. I'm not sure if that was reflected light of they were glowing. It looked right at me. I lost my legs at that moment and sat down under my window, absolutely panicked. I was home alone, with five cats and a dog who slept through the whole thing. I didn't know what to do. My window is a big picture window, and if it wanted me, it easily could have gotten me. I cautiously got on my knees to peek over the sill, and I lost it. Didn't see eyes or it anywhere. It seemed to be either moving away from the forest, behind my house, or it decided to rest up in that scrub brush. What I saw under the streetlight is as follows. Darkish fur, high-pointed ears, long muzzle. I never saw teeth, or if it had a tail. It had hands with long claws that hung kind of limp wrist. If they were fully extended, they would hang below the knee. It walked digitigrade on dog legs. It looked heavily muscled but had a tapered waist. It was about seven feet tall, judging from where it stood in relation to the streetlight. It was non-aggressive, even when I felt it look right at me. I was terrified, but I didn't get a sense that it was pissed off it had been seen, as some people report. I didn't take a picture because I simply didn't think to. I was in a fair amount of shock, and I'm sure I'll eat shit for this, but sometimes your phone is the absolute last thing on your mind. The next day, I called Vic Cundiff of Dogman Encounters Radio. His advice was solid, and I try and remember it when I have to go out at night. There have been some odd sounds tapping at my window. I can hear scratching of the siding. I don't see that many animals around the neighborhood. There used to be about seven stray cats I fed. All gone. Once the weather broke, it's been quiet. I installed motion lights and bought two game cameras. I'm hoping they're in a sense like Sasquatch. They avoid game cam. I don't ever want to see this thing again. Those of you who want to see one, pray you never do. My encounter was non-aggressive. I can't imagine having to deal with this thing pissed off. I still can't sleep a full night, and every sound scares the hell out of me after dark. I live alone, 
and the point three hundred fifty-seven I own would probably just ruffle its fur. Thank you for taking the time to read this. It was a terrifying animal to see. I hope I never see it again, but sadly that wasn't in the cards. I'll post that story another time. I encountered something strange on my job. I work on an oil rig. My job is to run an excavator and mix off the mud that comes out of the ground and do stuff that needs big machine. Because of the locations of these rigs, I have to drive to pretty remote places in the wilderness of Canada. Anyhow, one of the light towers at the edge of the lease went out. I went over and in the forest I could see these weird like fireflies type of things, but like the size of a basketball. But they weren't bright, like they weren't lighting things up around them. Then I started feeling super uneasy. Then in between some trees I could see this big-ass silhouette of a person with red glowing eyes. I ran back into the machine just to see it walking away. When I was in it, I ended up telling the crew. I'm not the only one who's seen it. Like half of them have seen it, and two of them have had it smile at them. WTF is this thing. Also, I'm so sorry for the punctuation. When I was 19, I worked as a stalker for Target and had to bike to work early every morning. Around 4 a.m. Worst job ever. One morning I got on the bike and began pedaling the five miles like usual. After a while I got the weirdest feeling. I could feel that something was following me. I can't explain it any better than that. It was like a sixth sense. But here's the kicker. I could feel that whatever was following me was following me from the air, behind me and up in the sky. My heartbeat quickened and I started pedaling faster. Movies were pouring through my head. Jeepers Creepers. Lost Boys. Interview with a Vampire. Any movie that has a scene in which something flies down and onto someone in on a vehicle. At this point, I'm expecting my rational brain to kick in and do its usual thing any time I'm in a dark room or alone in an alley and relax me. It doesn't. And the feeling gets progressively more powerful. I am now sure that something is following me and is getting closer. I can remember my vision almost seemed to blur as my hearing became more crisp. My body was shifting gears from one sensory preset to another. My back felt as sensitive as my palms. Finally, I get the balls to look behind me. Nothing. Nothing there. I keep pedaling faster and faster. I look behind me again. There is something there. I can't tell what it is. It's dark, a hundred feet up and following me. Now I start to shit in my pants. I can remember being incoherent almost, as if my body had shut down all higher functioning and replaced it with robotic movement. I remember thinking of Discovery Channel shows where the gazelle runs from the lion, and I know I'm the gazelle. I was simply waiting for whatever it was to land on me at this point. Me and my bike eventually burst into an empty but well-lit intersection and start heading down the hill to Target. The feeling lets up as suddenly as it seized me, and I knew I was safe. I looked around me and up in the sky, and everything was fine. Nothing there. I'm not sure what happened that morning eleven years ago, but as you can see, I remember almost every second of it. 
I and my husband were driving down Cabbage Patch, a narrow gravel road near Pine Thicket, looking for deer when husband said, What is that? I looked and said, What the heck is that? I saw a large brown object slightly bent over as if to pick up something. It raised straight upon two legs, had long arms, broad shoulders, and stood about seven to eight foot tall, very hairy. About that time it ran into the pine thicket with the speed of lighting. We were about twenty to thirty yards from it. We went back to the site the next morning, and we found a small footprint about eight inches long, big footprint about thirteen inches long inside of where we seen it. We found some hair on a fence and metal poles that have been step on, and bent over the fence was pulled up off the post and bottom fence all the way to the ground. We found a persimmon in the area that it was seen, and there was no persimmon tree, nowhere around. The sightening was about 1.30 p.m. CST. It was about a one and a half a mile from my house. I was house-sitting for a friend in an ill-planned housing development out in the middle of nowhere. Everybody in the development had pooled their money and gone on a two-week cruise together. My friend didn't have cable yet, so I amused myself most nights by defending his refrigerator from a beer invasion. There was nobody for company but the one guy who had just moved in down the street and his Great Dane-sized mixed-breed dog named Cujo, who hated me. Power went out one night, and we're standing in the road drinking the beer so it doesn't spoil. Any excuse. Right. Talking about how spooky the place is only lit by moonlight when we hear a cougar. Two things you need to know about a cougar's roar. One, they sound exactly what you'd imagine a woman being tortured to death would sound like, and two, they sound like they're right behind you even if they're a mile away. Cujo's hackles rise, and he starts growling, staring off into the distance. More roars. I explain to the guy that it's a cougar. It's miles away, but the sound carries. That's a mating cry and not a hunting cry. Nothing for Cujo to be afraid of, etc. Then we hear a second roar. This one literally sounds like it's ten feet away. Cujo cuts his head around, ends his growl with a little squeak, and stares at a spot right behind me. Right. Behind me. I very slowly turn around. Nothing is there. The cougar screams happen again, one far away, and one that I swear is coming from the shadow of the house I'm looking at. I turned to the guy to suggest that maybe we want to go inside now. The guy and the dog were gone. In a few seconds, they'd gone far enough to be out of sight on a gravel road without making any sound whatsoever. More screams this time. It seemed like both were coming from the shadows of the houses around me. I'm sure I broke some kind of land speed record getting back to my friend's house. Then I broke another record closing and locking all the windows. For the next hour or so, which seemed like a week. I heard screams from different places around the neighborhood. My beer-soaked mind decided the cougars were trying to figure out which house I was in. When the screams stopped, I was convinced that they'd found me and were closing in. I very quietly started looking for the guns I knew my friend owned, but had hidden very well because he had children in the house. Every time I tried to lie down to go to sleep, I remembered my grandfather's stories about how the reason why cougars sound like a woman screaming is because they really are women screaming. They're humans trapped in cougar form by magic and pissed the hell off about it. Then I'd get up and look for the guns some more. I finally drifted off around dawn. 
I didn't see Cujo or the guy for the rest of my stay, but it turned out they were okay because my friend later mentioned that his daughters liked inviting them over and riding Cujo like a horse. I was just an average hiker out for a day hike in the National Park. I had heard the legends of the Wendigo, but I never thought I would come face to face with one. It all happened so fast. One moment, I was admiring the beauty of the woods, and the next, I was being tackled by a creature unlike any I had ever seen before. It was tall and thin, with matted fur and glowing eyes. It had elongated fingers that ended in sharp claws. Its mouth was wide and gaping, revealing razor-sharp teeth. The creature dragged me deeper into the woods, away from the trail. I struggled and fought, but it was no use. It was too strong. It pinned me to the ground and began to feast on my flesh. I remember thinking that this was it. This was the end. And then everything went black. When I woke up, I was in the ranger station. Park Ranger Harold was sitting next to me. He was the one who had found my body and brought me back to civilization. You're lucky to be alive, he said. I found you just in time. But I'm afraid the creature got away. I felt a surge of fear and anger. How could this have happened? How could a creature like that be roaming free in the National Park? Harold must have sensed my emotions because he quickly added, Don't worry, we'll take care of it. I've already reported the incident to my supervisor, and he's sending out a team to track and capture the creature. But as it turns out, the supervisor had different plans. He didn't want to call the police because he feared that if the public found out about the creature, the National Park would be closed down. So instead, he tasked Harold with finding and killing the creature himself. Harold was reluctant to accept the mission, but he knew he had no choice. He was the only one with experience tracking the creature, and he couldn't let anyone else get hurt. So, he went into the woods, armed with only a rifle, and a determination to take down the monster. It was a cold and dark night when Harold finally caught sight of the creature. He raised his rifle, took aim, and fired, but the creature was fast and agile. It dodged the bullet and tackled Harold. The next morning, another ranger went to investigate and only found Harold's radio dispatcher. They searched for him, but they never found his body. It's been days since Harold went missing, and the creature still roams free. I can't help but think that I was the one who brought this curse upon us all. If I had only stayed on the trail, if I had only ignored the legends, Harold would still be alive. But now it's too late. The creature is out there and it's hungry. I can only hope that the next person who crosses its path is luckier than I was. I was squirrel hunting on public hunting property in northwest Indiana, DNR, about an hour from my house. It is my habit to start my hunting early in the morning. I had never felt any pressure while hunting in this area or since the incident, so I thought nothing of hunting this day. It was fairly quiet except for the twittering of the occasional bird while I'd been there. It was after 11 a.m., when I decided to take a little break and have a snack from my pack. So I took a seat along the trail. As I sat there, a voice came into my thoughts that said, Behind you, you preach to listen to your inner voice and trust it. I did. I turned around to look behind me. 
As soon as I got turned around, I saw an enormous being, about nine feet tall and one thousand pounds with long, flowing reddish-brown hair all over his body that resembled an orangutan in color. I only saw it for one or two seconds, because that is how long it took for it to stride across the trail opening. I got the impression that it didn't know or didn't care that I was there, since it didn't look my way. I was about 120 yards away, just sitting on the side of the trail. I suddenly wanted to get the hell out of there, realizing that I was no longer the apex predator in those woods. The twenty-two semi-auto rifle I had would have done nothing more than piss off the creature and offered no more protection than a sharp pointy stick. I head back to my car, looking over my shoulder the entire time, wondering if I was going to end up as a statistic. But I was not going to let this thing destroy my love for the woods. It took me a while. But I did make it back to those same woods. I now say at the very beginning of my hunts that I am only there to harvest a few squirrels and to enjoy the woods. I'm not there looking for them. I ask that they not scare me while I'm there. So far that has been working. Does this offer credence to mind speak? I don't know. Did the Sasquatch let me know it was there wanting me to see it? I don't know, but that is what I am leaning toward.